1: Welcome to SI Counseling Podcast, where we help our students grow into men and women committed to faith and justice, leadership and service, academic excellence, and compassion. You can follow us on social media at SI Counseling on Twitter. And today on our podcast, we're here to give you more information to help you throughout your high school and beyond into college.
2: Carmen Twilley Ambar, president of Oberlin College. Born July 3rd, 1968, mother of triplets, Gabrielle, Luke, and Daniel. Happy to be on this podcast today and happy to have interesting conversations about what's going on in higher education.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you basically did the intro right there all for me. So you've been in 15 years in higher education in many different places. Right. Princeton University, um, Cedar, many others. Right. So what has all that... Taught you and and inspired you to do even more for the community from Oberlin to others.
2: You know, I think it's interesting. One of the things I think is really powerful about being at very different types of institutions. So, you know, I started out at a very selective uh, institution like Princeton, yeah. uh, where you know at Princeton you have to think a lot about how to do right by these incredible resources right I mean that's the but I think at a place like Princeton you spend a lot of time thinking about what the possibilities are because you have the resources to execute on possibility thinking And I don't think I lost that even as I went to different institutions when I was at Rutgers University you know because it's a much more diverse population it's a state Mm -hmm. institution it also let me know the value of different types of students from varying backgrounds and sometimes I think we can measure our success at our institutions by how many students that we reject right you know we look at our yield rate and how many students can we reject um, and I'm not sure that's the right way to think about the value of access and opportunity and so a place like Rutgers really taught me that and then when I was at Cedar Crest the small private women's college I think that was risk really about kind of getting the financial acumen to help institutions that sometimes are experiencing challenge how do you really stand on your own feet and think strategically about the areas that have the most ability to move the institution forward. And of course, the women's college status about women's education and women's leadership and what it means oftentimes for women to be in environments where it's specifically dedicated to their success. So I think each of those institutions brought me something different, uh, something that I hope I'll be able to use at Oberlin in this new leadership role.
1: Yeah, and Oberlin has been known throughout history, of making history. Right. Right. First college, to accepts students of color. Right. First college accept women, or actually award woman, right. a degree as well. Um, and you are the second female president right. and the first African-American president at Oberlin. So what is the next historical moment that Oberlin is aiming to achieve?
2: So it's interesting. I think the next historical moment for Oberlin is about what it really means to be a 21st century uh, liberal arts college. Because I think that the shift that we're having to make around Um, access and cost um, and dynamic academic programs that pull the next generation of students to it. When I talk about Oberlin being the first, I always say that our first was really boldness. Mm -hmm. That was our first in our DNA. All these other things that Oberlin did first kind of came after that. And so I am trying to tap into that spirit of boldness at Oberlin and I think it'll take its form in new academic programs and new majors that haven't been thought of before. How can we leverage the college and conservatory in unique and dynamic ways? What does it mean to think about access and opportunity in 2019? It's very different to think about what that looks like in 1833, but what does it mean to educate different types of students? So I think for us, it's about tapping into what this new frontier of 21st century liberal arts colleges, they're going to be very different. They're going to have this deep residential component part of them, but some of them might have satellites and other ways to think about the Oberlin experience. So I don't know all the ways that we'll get there, but I have no doubt that Oberlin will continue to lead. That is in our DNA. That is who we are. I say a lot, you know, Oberlin is a bellwether institution. So goes Oberlin, so goes higher education. I believe that to be true, and I'm just excited to have the opportunity to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, and well, and you've made it a, a part of many people's stories, right? So did I hear you right here at the College Board Dream Deferred Conference that you gave out $60 million in, in scholarships aid. and aid? Yes. Okay, that's fantastic. So that's what you are really known for, is bringing in the money for the school, but I think there's something that I don't think a lot of people know, is that there's a balance at Oberlin. Berlin does bring you know and people get off balance but you have a great new rec center facility right like when I uh, saw the documentary ivory tower they talked about how schools put all this money in buildings and then what does that mean for the students but somehow Oberlin find that balance of access for everyone?
2: Well, we're trying to. I think, you know, one of the things I said about the next capital campaign that we will embark on is that it will be about programmatic initiatives that are really about helping students in all of these key areas, whether it's student life initiatives or career initiatives. So I think Oberlin has always been a place, because I think we're committed to social justice and really changing the world, we want to try to get the resources of the institution into the hands of students, whether it's internships or special opportunities or study abroad or undergraduate research. That's the way to create the sort of Seamless integration between the academic experience and the student life experience because at the end of the day the student you know none of our students experiences the institution in isolation, right? They don't just experience the faculty or their academic coursework They experience the full institution and that's residential life that student life And so how do we integrate that in a way that gives them that rich array of experiences? And I I think Oberlin's been known for that for years and I just happened to come in and get a chance to carry the baton to the next level
1: well, it's like the ecosystem that you were talking about. Yeah. You actually have an ecosystem in one of your buildings. <laughs> right. At that's
2: Oberlin. right. That's yeah. right. We do. <laughs> so we do. It's a really wonderful building that, when you go in, you can measure sort of energy uses by the lights that you see. That's right. Um, and it's very much sort of a, a rich kind of botanical garden. It's very much an ecosystem. That Oberlin's been committed to environmental sustainability for many, many years, and it's a part of. One of our value systems that we think is important, but yes, that building's a great building, and yeah. incredible light in that building. Oh
1: no, it's accessible for everybody, right? Yeah. And that's what's always the history of the liberal arts schools is regarding about that. Um, can you talk a little bit about because your background in your education went to a Jesuit university, right? Georgetown. Yeah, went to a couple, not just one, Ivy Leagues, Princeton and Columbia. Right. And now you're at a liberal arts schools, and a lot of people say like, "Whoa, that's the way to go." Right. Jesuit you know or go to a school like the Ivies
2: but you're at a liberal arts school right? right well you know i i really feel like that liberal arts colleges are these really unique ways of preparing students for really interesting opportunities in their lives that may not seem um so obvious to people so here's what i say about Oberlin Oberlin is a rigorous place and when i use rigor it's different than saying it's difficult Rigor is different. Rigor is about taking... Different analytical skills and applying it to the world's most complex problems and trying to find solutions. And when people apply rigor to complex problems, they come up with these really dynamic solutions. That's what a liberal arts college does for you. It gives you the analytical skills to apply rigor to complicated problems. And one of the things that we really feel strongly about at Oberlin is that we believe our students are changing the world for good. We have this foundation of social justice, and it doesn't matter whether you're in the conservatory or what other field you're in, there's still this desire to change the world in these positive ways. And we wanna give students all the tools that they need to be able to do that. Uh, and I'm really pleased at the work that our students go out and do in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have this, uh, it, it's reflected just in the types of student organizations that are created. So the one that's new recently on Oberlin's campus that just sort of began when I got there is this organization called El Centro. Two students came together to form this organization, and they decided that they wanted to try to impact the ability for local residents to take the citizenship exam and become U.S. citizens. And so they got a group of volunteers together. They go out every Saturday, and they help individuals prepare for the citizenship exam. They created the curriculum, they created the system for our students to volunteer in transportation. They created child care at the organization for families to be able to do this. And they regularly come to my residence, because we have students over at the house all the time, mm-hmm. to do their workshops and to train students for it. That's what an Oberlin student's like. And they're different majors, right, in different areas. And yet they still wanna try to have an impact on the world. And they know that citizenship um, can change the trajectory of a family, right? It can change their lives. When I look at Oberlin students, they're doing that in so many different ways. It's just an example of what it means to be at a place that has this rigorous academic background, but also this desire to do good in the world. And you see Oberlin students doing it in every way, shape, and form. And it makes me tremendously proud to be president. Yeah.
1: But don't you also inspire that? Like, you've done things I have not seen presidents do, like delivering donuts when kids are doing <laughs> finals, right? I mean, and you're at the games. Yeah, so yeah but you have game nights right. at your house too, right. which says, I mean, there was this open door, you make sure you reach out to former U.S. ambassadors to come speak to students to show how their actions for help them later on for their life after Oberlin. So can you talk about what inspires that from you? Um, and then, um, in your, because that's something that is very
2: unique and different. Well, you know, I love our students. I, I get joy when I'm with them. And I get um, excited when they see themselves differently. I get energized when they are on stage giving of themselves and their performances. And so I enjoy being around them. And I think that, um, you know, one of the reasons why I have students over at my house a lot is because- With your triplets. With the triplets. It's because I think when you're at college, you kind of miss that home feeling. It's It's just a desire to sit on the couch and kind of relax and have a good meal and have that home feeling, and so I know that when they get a chance to come to the house, they get a chance to do that, and so I just enjoy it, and I it gives me a chance to get to know them. It gives me a chance to know what the experience is like for them, and they tell me what's going well and what things are not going well. It gives me just another way to do my job better because I'm talking directly to the students about the experience, and hopefully for them, it gives them a sense that. Um, that the college cares about what's going on in their lives because they've had a chance to connect with the president. And not every student will get a chance to do that because they may or may not be in the residence, but at least they know I'm there and they know that someone cares about what's going on in their lives. And I I take it as a, a tremendous joy and pleasure to be able to do that for them. Yeah.
1: And that's so important. You talked about um, here at the conference, how you're Parents have really inspired you being that role model. And it seems like Oberlin has been that home away from home. Yeah. Right? Regardless of what your background and situation, we care for you, for you. Right. But at the same time, you also embrace in the application system the diversity of of experience, backgrounds, ideas. Can you talk about that? Because that's something that I think every university says and does, but also struggles. Because, like you say, you do those fly in programs. This amazing financial aid background um, opportunity for students. Can you speak a little bit about that? Well,
2: you know, I think for us, we really believe deeply in sort of shaping that class, meaning we want students to show up and see America when they get there and also have the benefit of different viewpoints as they're thinking about the challenging issues that they want to work on. And so we take seriously the notion that we want people from a variety of backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, different uh, levels of ability, um, different economic experiences, all those things add to a rich conversation in the classroom. So one of the things that I will say about Oberlin that feels different to me than any other institution that I've been a part of is that Oberlin graduates talk a lot about not only what they learned in the classroom from their faculty members, but what they learned from their peers. So uh, the when you are at Oberlin, the classroom spills outside. When you hear the conversations that our students are having in the residence hall, in Wilder Bowl, in the student union, um, it's a different type of conversation. They're learning from each other and engaging with each other in ways that are different from any other institution I've been a part of. I say to it to uh, parents all the time, one of the reasons to choose Opalyn is because of the other students that will be there with your child because the learning that happens there is different than in any other institution I've been a part of. And so one of the reasons I think that's the case is because of the way we try to think about our admissions policy and our processes to ensure that who they're with is um, just as brilliant, um, just as dynamic, just as committed to change. And the experience that I think students have with their colleagues is one of the distinctive elements of and that I think is not as um, easily understood when you're there as a parent sort of looking at the college mm-hmm. and yet I think if you talk to Oberlin students and you talk to Oberlin graduates they will describe it as one of the most important elements of their Oberlin experience. Oh, no, no, it's
1: key. One, and when I toured over there you could see the dynamics and the interactions of the students. And if I say a name, oh yeah, I know this person and right. not that they came from the same school, not right. even from the same state right. but it is that community, right. that home that away connection. from home, right? And I think that reflects a lot of the hard work your admissions office has done. Um, and we and I appreciate you being open about addressing the issue of what's happening to our country. Everyone's yeah. talking about the scandal of how some privileged families, yes. about over 700, yeah. have taken a, advantage of their wealth and influence um, to get access to admissions. Right. Can you tell me your thoughts and ideas about
2: this? Well, you know, honestly, I was, not that I was happy to see it, but I do think that It exposed something that we all know um, has been a little bit of a hidden secret that people think that access to colleges is only about merit and only about um, who deserves to be there. Uh, And yet we know at a lot of institutions, that's just not really the case. And uh, so I think in some ways, you know, as people have been critical of things like affirmative action or other opportunities to create more equitable playing field for students that have economic disadvantage or who have had racial disadvantage and to see that as unfair, they're not unpacking what happens on the other end too, which is sometimes families taking advantage of their wealth Um, and really total advantage and getting an additional advantage on top of it by access to college. So in some ways, I think it will help us all be clearer about what's really going on sometimes and for all of us to make sure that we have the type of rigorous processes that prevent that from happening. So it wasn't that I was glad that it happened, Mm -hmm. but I thought, you know, it it's an exposure to a, some elements that happen at some institutions uh, and lets people know that the playing field that we think is so equal may not be. Yeah, and just kind of gives another case why affirmative action is so neat, badly needed Absolutely. in so many levels. Absolutely, and you know, Oberlin, because of its historic mission, has always been a place of access and opportunity. Uh, and it's because I believe that the institution uh, has always felt that it has a role in changing society by creating that access and opportunity it's one of the things that drew me to Oberlin, right because we um, change society by the types of students that choose us and that might not otherwise be at at another institution and so i'm hoping that it will spur other institutions to take that part of their mission really seriously um, because if we're going to solve things like income inequality If we're gonna solve things like healthcare challenges, or um, the issues around immigration debate, having different types of people in the room are going to be the only way that we come to the best solutions. Um, and the notion that it can be the same folks that have always been there thinking about these issues that come up with the better solutions, I think, is pretty much folly.
1: Oh, no, definitely. So some of our listeners may have never heard of Oberlin College. Yeah. Can you describe to our listeners what Oberlin
2: College so, is all about? Yes, Oberlin, So Oberlin is a dynamic, traditional liberal arts college Um, that's committed to access and opportunity. We're about 35 minutes from Cleveland. And um, we have both a conservatory, which is a um, school dedicated to music. And so we have jazz and classical music and students who see themselves in the musical careers. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have this dynamic liberal arts, arts and sciences department, um, our college with 32 majors, Um, real deep commitment to the sciences, um, to undergraduate research, to study abroad. And so I would say we're the best of both worlds because we have this conservatory and this liberal arts college and then we have this think tank that is this sort of small um, uh, little town that's really bucolic and like a wonderful place to go to college and yet we're 35 minutes from this urban center that is cleveland where students can take all of the interesting work that they've been doing and apply it to real world challenges so i just think it's the best of both worlds and if anyone's thinking about um, a liberal arts college in particular I think that Oberlin is the best college in the country. I say it every time I get up at every admissions event. And I always say at the end, if you don't believe that that's the case, then you simply haven't gotten enough information. Um, because if you have the information that I have, then you'll know that it's the best college in the country.
1: That's right. So can you give some evidence to our listeners? You always say like a lot of parents who go visit it say, so what's the return on investment? Right. What is it, the life after Oberlin? Because I've been very blessed to work with a lot of Oberlin alums. So right. I that's how I was introduced. Like, right. wow, you are that critical. Thinker, you're thinking outside the box. Right. You're not creating limits;
2: you are breaking them. Right. Well, I, one thing I would say to, to families is just you know Google Opal and graduates, and you'll just see all of these people that you never expected from the most dynamic people on Broadway and theater, like you know the folks, who, the woman who created the Lion King, and that sort right. of. You were a
1: uh, 61st Grammy, right? right? You have right. an alumni, That's right. Right. right? That's right. And yeah, we yeah. had
2: all of these uh, winners of Grammys, um, so we have all sorts of folks in the musical and theater and performing arts world. Um, but then we have these really wonderful folks who um, maybe are unassuming, but just um, would they have the majority of people in the National Academy of Sciences graduated from Oberlin? So sometimes people think that liberal arts colleges can't produce these rigorous scientists. Now and you yet,
1: actually have neuroscience as a major. Absolutely.
2: Yes. And so, you know, sometimes people can think liberal arts colleges don't have that. And yet the National Academy of Sciences for a liberal arts college like Oberlin to have so many people in that arena. just says something about our science programs. So I think that's an important part. I think if you think about our creative writing program, how many people we've produced from that area. So I, I think if you look at Oberlin, you'll see all of these interesting sort of academic disciplines reflected in the work of our alumni. And then I think you'll see them doing really interesting work. So the chair of our board, who's a graduate of Oberlin, you know, Started out in Goldman Sachs in the business world, and then ultimately ends up working on these really interesting critical issues in international countries, international areas around uh, water insecurity um, and uh, food and access opportunities. So taking these really tight business skills and trying to apply them to these real world problems, that to me is an Oberlin graduate at its core.
1: Yeah, no. And you also do these summer internship programs, right? right, That our pay which is a little yes. bit unheard of so
2: we, we this is just new for us we started these career communities and our goal is to scale them up so that every student gets a paid internship um, but the notion here is to take this experience that you've had at Oberlin that will fund your experience for an internship so you can get some real-world experience on challenges that you think are important and really prepare you for the next step in your life after Oberlin. When you're looking at career opportunities, you'll have a leg up because you worked in the field that, that's important to Right, you. and
1: these are worldwide. A lot of people Absolutely. assume like, oh, okay, well, just in Cleveland. Like, no. no,
2: no, no, your career center works very hard. Right, right. So we have students going all over the country and all over the world um, to do these internships and I'm really excited about it. it's a new initiative that we began this year and my goal is to make sure that we can fund all of them for all of our students over the course of my time at, at um, Oberlin.
1: great so I'm going to throw some rapid fire questions okay. right back okay. at you since you're so good at them favorite superhero
2: Wonder Woman good choice
1: favorite candy
2: oh god Snickers favorite villain huh, I'm Darth Vader which show would you binge watch What I'm watching right now is Umbrella Academy. Oh, everyone's talking exactly. to me about so that. My, so, my my one of my kids um, said we should watch this together. And so, how old are your kids now? They're 11. Oh, great. Age. So, one of them um, was in, in fact, my I have to watch episode seven and eight while I'm traveling. So, when I get back over the weekend, we can watch nine together. So, that's what I'm doing right now. Okay.
1: I know you have a plane to catch, yeah. so I'm going to get you back to your binging. So, if more people want to learn about Oberlin, what's the best way? Social media, website information? I think
2: I would go to the website first and then um, go to the admissions office office and um, inquire and then once you inquire then we'll start sending you materials about Oberlin so if you go and just put your information in as an inquiry about our institution then you'll start getting our admissions materials Uh, and then of course the only way to really know Oberlin is to visit that's right. I just think that's the way to know Oberlin. And so just um, get on the website and go to our visit page for our admissions office, and they'll give you a great tour and give you an opportunity to either stay overnight or go to classes. Uh, and I think that once you visit Oberlin, you will discover that um, – that's the place to go to college great
1: and if they come from an underrepresented background they could um contact your admissions office Absolutely. about that diversity flying yes. which is when you, should they ask their so junior year we do, year three, or beginning senior we do year? three
2: a year a multicultural visit okay. program three or four of them a year um we do juniors and seniors but mostly seniors um so they should just inquire about the multicultural visit program and um hopefully they'll get an opportunity to come and visit Oberlin. great
1: carmen thank you so much for being thank part you. of this podcast and everything you're doing in Oberlin, and more
2: excellent All i right. appreciate
1: it thank you thank 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 you for listening to SI Counseling Podcast. Here we help students find information to help them improve their opportunities throughout high school and beyond. SI works to help students grow into individuals committed to faith, justice, leadership service academic excellence and compassion so they can be with and for others you can follow us on social media at si counseling on twitter and go to our website at siprep.org and under academic departments click on the link to counseling thank you again until next time
0: say goodbye